Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. I just want to say it's always our joy and our privilege to be here with you. Because it's like coming home, it's family. And when we come here, you can always count on one thing. The presence of God will be here. And so I'm so thankful. In fact, let's give a hand, honestly, for Pastor Jeff and Fawn and their whole family. I mean, they are amazing, amazing people. And we're just grateful to be here, whether we were speaking or not speaking. It's always our joy to be here in your midst and just to see old family members, which I don't know, old family, I don't know, but and new family members, new people that are coming. And Jeff is completely right. You want to stick around long enough till you get touched by God. But I just want to tell you, it's probably today if it's your first time, just because God is so faithful to touch the lives of his people. And I just want to say one thing. This morning when we got up, that scripture, the heavens declare the glory of God and the earth shows forth his handiwork. And day unto day, utter speech and night unto night shows forth knowledge or wisdom. And I'm telling you, we are in for a deluge. Come on. Do you hear even the news is saying there's an atmospheric river coming over California? And last week, we were in the midst of of a time of worship. And that song, the atmosphere is changing now because the spirit of the Lord is here, was what was being sung. And there was something that resonated. And then this morning when we got up, we were looking for our Starbucks, which was just across the street. Right out the window, we could see it. But as we walked there this morning, and I'm not putting in a plug for Starbucks, I I'm sorry, I don't, you know, if anybody is having an issue with that, sorry, I didn't mean to offend anybody, but I just want to tell you, today, when we were walking there, the sky was on fire. It was so pink and so amazing, and I felt like, God, okay, you're doing it, and guess what? The atmospheric river is cleansing the atmosphere here in LA. They say it's going to be so amazing that we're going to have to watch and be careful, so you don't need to be careful. Come on. God is doing something supernatural and we get to be a part of it. And I'm so excited. So this is my wonderful husband and he's got a really great word today. And I just want to tell you, get ready because he's got some things to share with you that will change your life. And I don't just say this because it's my husband, but because it's the word of God. And so take hold of it. Let it sink within you. Let that, those roots go deep because there are things that will be spoken today will change your life. And how do I know that? Because it's changed my life. Wow. All right. We we can go home now. (laughs) All right. Hey, uh, turn to your neighbor and say, if I get set, if I get to sit next to you every week, I'm coming to church every week. Well, that was my wife, Pam, who uh, we have been married as of this last December for 53 years, which is proof, which is proof that Jesus did raise from the dead (laughs) and is alive and well. And uh, it is a great privilege anytime we get to come and hang out with these guys and spend time with this, you here at Authentic Church It really is a blessing to us. We love coming down here, love being with you. You guys are amazing people. God is going to build a great church, and you're part of it. Come on, say, I'm part of it. That's right. See, God doesn't build walls and stuff like that. He builds people, right? He builds the church with people. Well, today I'm going to talk to you about something that I believe is um, very important to, let me say it this way. How many of you would like 2024 to go better than 2023? Anybody? (laughs) Five people. Okay. Uh, Yeah. And uh, I'm going to tell you how that can happen. Okay. That it's actually in the word of God. Some things that if you understand them will make the difference. I mean, dramatic difference. uh, The reason I know this is because it made a dramatic difference in my life as well. Uh, The title of my message, which we'll put on the screen right now, is Watch Your Mouth. That's right, watch your mouth. How many of you ever heard that phrase, watch your mouth, right? 
And uh, when I was growing up, uh, my dad, I grew up, in, I wasn't a Christian, I was in a non-Christian home, and my dad called me Alec all the time. Okay, my name's Fred, but he called me Alec, which was short for Smart Alec, which was because my mouth was always running and, you know, I was saying stupid things and, uh, you know, that, and so he'd call me Alec. But uh, you know what? Uh, the, one of the things that I've discovered over, and I, actually I discovered this probably, might have been about 20, 25 years ago, that began to bring a dramatic change in, in the trajectory of my life and the fruit that I saw coming out of my life was when I began to understand the power of words, right? When, uh, when I was growing up, they had a saying. I don't think they have a saying anymore. It was, it, the saying went like this. Sticks and stones, I don't even know the rest of it, may break my bones, but words will... How many of you will take sticks and stones any day over words, right? At least you can recover from sticks and stones. But sometimes your whole life can never recover because of some words that either you said or were said to you. They can wound you for your entire life. And so uh, today I want to talk to you about the power of your words. But I want us to pray right now. And I want to, I just want to pray, but, uh, you know, I found it's the Holy Spirit that really speaks to us. And wouldn't it be, you know, if you came here on the potential of a rainstorm and you came in here and you walked out the door with nothing, that wouldn't have been, you know, like this woman, she was walking out with her husband one day from church and, and he was complaining about the message. He goes, well, that wasn't a very good message. And his wife looked at him and said, what'd you expect for $5? Oh, you'll get that in a minute. All right. <laughs> How many of you want to walk out with something that's going to actually change your life? All right? All right. Well, let's pray. And let, you know what? I've found desperation produces results. Everything's based on hunger. The Bible says that a man that is full is, can be given food and he's not going to eat it. And so the key to growing in the Christian life is to remain hungry and desperate for everything. Uh, I remember when I was first saved and I heard about the Holy Spirit, which was at work one day. Uh, some guy told me about something called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I didn't know what he was talking about and everything. But he told me how he experienced it and it was for everybody and it was in the Bible and all that. And I walked away from there and said, God, this is not right. He said we're supposed to have something, and I don't have it. That's not fair. I want it right now. Boom, I got it right then, right on the job. And so it was, I didn't know what it was, but it was my hunger that brought, is, that brings everything into your life. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much. And Lord, this morning, we are desperate. We want everything you have for us. Lord, we don't want to come to the end of our life and this journey on this planet called Earth and find out that we missed out on a whole lot of stuff that could have been ours, and we could have walked in it, and it could have produced so many things through our lives, but we weren't hungry. God, help us to be driven by our hunger, and Lord, to receive everything that you paid for. Lord, salvation isn't just a ticket to heaven, it's a ticket to bringing heaven into my life. And so, Lord, I don't want to come up short. I want to get everything that you have for me. Would you pray that yourself right now? Pray over yourself. God, give me it. I want it all. In Jesus' name, if you agree with that, say amen. amen. Well, a real interesting scripture, which was actually in my Bible reading, it's always great when God confirms what you're going to share. You know, as a, as a you know, pastors, it isn't about anymore. I got to get up there and I'm going to give a great message and everything. No, no, no. That's what it's about. It's a scary thing to stand in front of people. Let me just tell you that after, you know, 53 years of, of speaking and ministering, it's a scary thing because, you know what, I don't want to just have everybody pat me on the back as they, you know, you walk out the door. Oh, that was really great. I, I, I want to say, what is God saying? I want to speak what the Lord is saying under the church. And in 
Revelation says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Can I just tell you in the days ahead, even though I think you can have a better 24 than 2023, I don't think things are going to get better in 2024 around you. And the key for you to, to you know, um, you navigate your way through 2024 is going to be based on your ability to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. That's going to become essential. I had the privilege, man, I'm going off track here, sorry. I'll get back on in a moment. But we've had the privilege of ministering in Ukraine. Uh, we did it for five years in a row. We went into to Ukraine right after the, the communism wall fell and so we met with people that were under persecution constantly. And uh, so we said to them, you know, they, they couldn't meet together. They couldn't get together as a church. And I'm like, how did you guys, how did you guys do this? How did you get together? And this is what they told me. They said, we would get up on Sunday morning and we would say, Lord, where are we supposed to go? And the Holy Spirit would say, I want you to go out in the woods and go to such and such a place. And we would go there and there'd be five to 600 people there waiting. And they all got there the same way by hearing the Holy Spirit. So it is essential that you and I hear the Holy Spirit. Now, let me just tell you a little secret about how the Holy Spirit talks so you can hear his voice. He speaks the word of God. So if you want to get in tune with the Holy Spirit, uh, we have our youth pastor who God is using in a mighty way at our church. Uh, we had a local high school uh, contact us. A high school contacted us. 3,500 student high school contacted us twice. Would you please come to our campus and start a club on our campus? We turned them down the first time. We didn't feel it was the timing. But the second time we said, okay, we believe this year we're supposed to go ahead and, and the, the name of the club is called But Jesus. Because that's our, our youth pastor's favorite phrase. This was my life, But Jesus. Come on. And so we have the But Jesus Club. And the first, we, have, we only meet twice a month, and we only, only, like, by first meeting, we had 32 kids. Second meeting, we had 50-something kids. Third meeting, we had 80-something kids. Next meeting, we had 130 kids. And now we're breaking into other classrooms, and all we did is show up. Come on. And so, uh, you know, he, our youth pastor, he, when he speaks, he's the best speaker. We have a rotation of speakers, about six, eight speakers at our church. And uh, our youth pastor, when he speaks, he is definitely the most fire you've ever heard. And um, he'll tell you, he starts off every message, because he, he, he is an ex-gang guy, okay? I mean, he is raw. I mean, he has his own language, right? And he's like... And this is his thing. Get in your word so your word can get in you. He says that every week. Get in your word so your word can get in you. If you want to hear the Holy Spirit, you've got to learn his language. Come on, if you go, I'm going to be, uh, at the end of this month, I'm going to be in Morocco. And I don't speak whatever they speak in Morocco. And so in order for me to communicate, I have to use a you know, translator, obviously, an interpreter, or I have to learn their language in order to understand them. So if you want to understand the Holy Spirit, you need to learn his language, which I'm telling you as someone that's been walking with Jesus for also 53 years, that the key is the word of God. Get in it, read it, devour it. Well, it's just so boring. Well, don't read there. Go somewhere else and read somewhere else in the Bible. I can't tell you how many times I read David and Goliath over and over because it was a cool story. So, all right. So here's what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about the power of your words. And really, I can't, uh, in the time I have, which I think he said was like an hour and a half or so. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> in the time I have, I can't really fully help, you know, give you the full understanding. I'm just going to try to highlight things, but I have sent the thorough notes to the pastor, and he's going to make them available to you. So what I want to do is get you to the place where you're going to like, I need to study this. 
I need to understand this. Now, uh, here's a scripture that I got in my, in my daily Bible reading. I follow a, a Bible uh, like the version. Uh, what do you call it? reading plan, and today it landed, one of the verse chapters was Psalms 19, which is the very first verse at the end of that chapter that I'm, God gave me to start with, and that is this, let the words, let's put it on the screen, let the words of my, let's all read that out loud, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God, my Redeemer or our Redeemer, right? My Redeemer. All right. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God, my Redeemer. Now, that, you know, I, I think a lot, of, a lot of times we just talk. We just start saying words. And we never stop to think about what we're saying, right? James says, let everyone be quick to hear slow to speak, and slow to anger. If you were quicker to hear, slower to speak, you wouldn't get angry very much. Now, here's an interesting point that I want to make. You know, uh, I'm not talking today about positive confession. Maybe you've heard that, that thing, positive. Well, that's just some, you know, uh, hype thing. You're supposed to, you know, speak positively. How many of you think that speaking positively could be a little better than speaking negatively? How many of you would agree with that, right? But if you understand that God created us in his image and in his likeness. Now, let me ask you, this is not a trick question. How did God create all things? Say it real loud. Okay. With his what? With his mouth. So God created something out of nothing simply by his words. Then he made you and me in his likeness, in his image and in his likeness, both male and female. He made us like himself. And guess what? One of the things, we haven't created any universes lately, but he wants us to understand that our words release power. They do. How many of you have been affected by words? Let me ask that question, right? And so what happens is, many times, is that, and this is how your life can be formed. This is how my life was formed before Jesus, okay? Before I met Jesus, which was in 1970 on the side of a mountain in Lake Tahoe, Nevada. But before that, when I was growing up, my parents were not Christians. My dad was a severe alcoholic he and I, we actually, I never heard the words I love you in my family ever growing up. Never heard those words. But I heard a lot of other words like you're an idiot, you know, just, or just, just all these negative words spoken in my life. So that's the words that I'm hearing. Then I go to school. And, you know, back then, then you're with your classmates and they start speaking, you know, calling you stupid or did you know you're ugly or whatever, you know. People are calling you things. And then there's familiarity between the words your parents spoke and the words that your stu fellow students were. Then you go into the classroom, you make a mistake, and this teacher just uh, blurts out something and it's another confirmation. And then what happens is you believe that's who you are. And you begin to say those same things about yourself without realizing you're actually forming your personhood. You're forming your identity based and your worth. Your identity is based on words. Thank God Jesus came. Because when he came, you got a new father, you got a new family, you became a new person, and he has some new words to say to you. And he wants you, and it's not an overnight. This is why the Bible says, don't be conformed to this world. Did you know this world wants to conform you into its image? Everything around you is trying to force you. Now, now it's just right out in the open. We're telling you how to believe, how to think, how you should act, what you should believe and not believe, what you should do and not do. We are telling, and if you don't do this, we're going to cancel you. 
So it's right out there. The world is trying to conform you into a, a demonic image. Let me just say what it is. Because the devil is behind this world, and he has one agenda, steal, kill, and destroy. That's the devil's will for your life. But thank God for Jesus. He says, I came that you might have life and life more abundantly. But you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And what you say is a major key in that transformation. Now, here's a, let me just give you a few scriptures. Uh, here's one. Uh, Proverbs 18, verses 20 and 21. Here's what it says. A man's stomach shall be filled from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death, this, <laughs> hello. Death and, life. death and what? Life. Death and life are in the power of the, and those who love it will eat its fruit. All right, when I read that verse, I think, okay, what does it say? It says, here's what it says, if you speak it, you're going to eat it. Right? We're all into health foods. Where, you know, you are what you eat. Well, you know, that's not even exactly true. Because Jesus kind of countered that. He says, food goes into the stomach. You know, you can eat food. He says, but it's what comes out of your heart that is actually affecting your life. For uh, your, your mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. Are you there? And so you create your own world by the words that you're speaking. So if you speak it, you're going to eat it. So your words are producing fruit. Again, let's look at Proverbs 12, 14. A, man's will be, a man will be satisfied by the good fruit of his mouth. That, boy, you guys are really quiet. This is not a shout me down message, I know. This is like, hello. <laughs> I'm not satisfied. What are you saying? Do you ever stop to think of what's coming out of your mouth? It'd be a good idea if you stopped one day and said, okay, what's been the trend of what I've, my conversation? What have, what's been the trend of the words that I'm speaking? What am I speaking over myself? What am I speaking over my marriage? What am I speaking over my family? What am I speaking over my job? What am I speaking over my church? You know, church could be better if you spoke good things over it. Let me just tell you another one. Your city would be better based on what you, actually says in Proverbs, through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. But through the words of, of, you know, of people that curse it, a city is torn down. So you're either tearing down your, putting, you know, building up your city or blessing your city or you're bringing it down. I'm ahead of myself here. All right, so your life will be filled by the words of your mouth. Now, I already said this, but look at Proverbs 18, verses 20 and 21. This, again, man, this is like, let's go one more there, one more ahead. There we go. We already alluded, said this one, but death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's probably only, that's the only verse you need to know, right? Once you understand that, you're like, uh, well, um, wow. I'm either producing death with my words or life with my words. Now, uh, I'm, um, I, because I grew up in kind of a negative environment, and then another factor is, is that I'm half German. Okay, my last name, Krop, is German. So I'm half German and I'm half Italian. So I love you, but I'm going to be critical of you. And so I had to learn because my tendency was to look at what was wrong in situations and say that rather than looking for the gold in every situation and speaking that. And I can't even tell you. Listen, when I began to discover how powerful my words were to either build people up or tear them down, and I made a willful choice that when I encounter people, when they walk away from me, they're going to feel better about themselves than when they first walked up. Why? 
because I'm going to look for the gold in them and I'm going to call it out. And I'm going to tell them what God thinks of them. You know, sometimes we think God's up there ready to swat us, you know. Maybe he's up there and he just wants to slap us and he's just, you know... You know, Moses is, 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 is praying, God, God, I've had it with these people. Yeah, God's like, I've had it with these people too. <laughs> I was going to send my son, but I changed my mind. I don't like him. <laughs> no, the Bible says, if God is for you, who can be against you? If God is for you, who can be against you? Years ago, uh, when I was first saved, I had this, um, uh, this friend who I led, we, Pam and I, he was part, some of you may not know who this is, but this guy was actually lived with the Manson gang, Charles Manson, okay? So most of you are like, who's Charles Manson? Well, it was a group of hippies that went out and murdered a bunch of people, literally uh, a, a movie star gal who was pregnant, cut her open, hang, hung her upside down, cut her, well, this is too much for this Sunday morning, and ripped her baby out of her and did all this stuff and then wrote on the wall in their blood, pig on the wall. And uh, so this whole group got arrested. They're in prison. We have one of the prisoners nearby where we live. I've actually met him, the guy who drove the car for all these murders and who is a, by the way, he is the head of a Bible college at the prison now. He is an outstanding Christian, which shows the power of the gospel to transform a life. But there was this kid, Pam and I, one day were walking to the store or something, and here was this young guy sitting on, on the sidewalk. I say young guy, he was our, probably our age. And he, was, uh, he had big bushy hair and a beard and all this stuff. His name was Richard. And so we, within moments, led him to Jesus. Then we find out he's Jewish. So he gets born again, but he has all this weird theology and everything. So I used to have these Bible studies where we would, uh, I would, we would get together in a Bible study, and then uh, I would pray. Well, let me tell you first. So what it was is that we're having this Bible study, and I knew this guy who knew the Bible way better than I did. He was like a Bible scholar, young guy. And so I knew that my friend who needed straightening out was going to be there. So I, I set it up for them both to be in the same Bible study because I knew this guy would straighten this guy out, right? The only problem was that as I began each Bible study, this is how I began it. I would say, I'd say okay, we're going to pray right now. Okay, here we go. Right now I bind the devil from this Bible study. Demons, you have to leave. You cannot be in this Bible study. And then I realized I was the demon. That I was manipulating a situation. As God is my witness, I had to leave my own meeting. And I went home and I'm laying on my bed and I'm just feeling, I'm, I'm the devil. <laughs> I am so terrible. Look what I did. Oh, God. I'm the devil. God chooses to speak to me right then. You know what he said? Fred, I love you right now just the way you are. I said, are you sure I'm the devil? <laughs> he said, yes, I love you. Because I don't see you the way you see you. I see you in Christ. I see you as more than a conqueror. I see you as one who is created to do my will and follow my purpose and to overcome the world. I don't see you the way you see you. And so along the way, when I began to realize that death and life were in the power of the tongue, that I needed to change the way I talked. Now, it didn't happen overnight, but I began to learn. I began to, to think before I talked. I began to stop before I started saying, or I, one of the things I did, we, Pam and I made a deal that we would, could slap each other if, no, we didn't do that, not quite that. <laughs> We did make a deal. We made an agreement. If I start to say something that's contrary to the will of God, you have the right to interrupt me and stop me, and vice versa. I didn't have to do with her much, but she helped me out quite a few times. Now, notice this next verse. Uh, it's, it's no man to contain the tongue. Let's put that one up. We'll see here. 
Yeah, there we go. So this is in James. So this whole principle of the power of your words, by the way, it's all through the Bible. Now, before I go here, we'll go here in just a moment. Let me just give you a couple of examples. One example is found in Genesis chapter 11, the Tower of Babel. Everybody say Babel. Now Babel's a language learning system. Okay. Because Babel means languages. So the Tower of Babel was, it says, at that time, all the people of the earth were of one mind and one heart and intent on one purpose. And they came together and they said, everybody say they said. They said, let us build a city and let us build a tower and let us make a name for ourselves. And it says, they began to build the tower of what? The tower of Babel, right? They began to build the tower of Babel. It says, and God, and it indicates the triune God came down. God said, let us go down, said to one another, let us go down and let us see what the sons of men are doing. Now, he knew. I don't know why he had to come down. But so they come down, and he sees them building this tower, building this city, and making a name for themselves. So in other words, they got out of the equation. This is the result of eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I'm going to run my life my way, right? I've got, what's, what's the phrase they use nowadays? Uh, my, my truth. I'm running by my truth. Well, I got news for you. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death, right? Once you separate from God, you're off the track. And so God comes down to see these, what they're doing, and here's what God says. He says, now, they're of, and actually, if you go and you study the Hebrew of it, it says they're of one lip. They have one lip, which means they not only were saying something, but they were speaking in absolute agreement with each other. They were saying the same words together. Are you all there? We're going to build a city. We're going to build a tower. We're going to make a name for ourselves. Here's what God says. So God comes down and sees it, and he says this. Because they're doing this, because they're speaking the same thing, now nothing they purpose to do shall be impossible for them. Hello. Nothing they purpose to do shall be impossible to them. So how did God solve the problem? How many read enough of your Bible to know how he did it? What did he do? He confused what? He stop them from being able to be speaking in agreement with each other and that's where the languages of the world came into existence and they were scattered over the face of the earth. By the way, on the day of Pentecost, God reversed that. They all began to speak and everyone was from every nation of the world, it says was there, began to hear them in their own language because they were going after God and his purpose instead of their thing. Are you all with me? Now, let's look at this here. This, this is about, um, how many of you ever heard the phrase curses or, or curse, right? Now, I'm not talking about cussing. Curses. Well, that's a form of curses. How many of you have ever heard, ever heard the word blessings? Okay. So let's define them. What are curses? Curses are words spoken that have a negative or harmful effect over those to which they are spoken over. Curses are words spoken that have a negative, destructive, harmful effect over those that they are spoken over. Blessings are the opposite. And by the way, you say, well, are words really powerful? How about, uh, is it uh, Jacob who, uh, Isaac, is it Isaac who spoke over, yeah. Remember when Jacob stole Esau's blessing? How did he steal his blessing? He got in there and fooled his father into thinking he was Esau the firstborn when he wasn't. And Isaac spoke the firstborn blessing over him. 
over, over Jacob. Jacob left. Esau comes in thinking that he's stepping in for the blessing of the father. You know what his father said? It's gone. I, there's no more. I already gave it out. In other words, once I release the words, it's over. The words are in motion. You may be the firstborn, but I released the firstborn blessing over your brother, which made him want to go find him and kill him. Are you all there? So there's, I, I can just go after example after example after example all through the Bible about the fact that we are created in God's image and when we speak, it releases power. All right, now look at James. So here we go. Let's jump forward to James here. Is on the screen? Yeah, okay. Here's what James says. He says, but no man can tame the tongue. Well, we might as well go home right there. Nobody can tame it. Must have been talking about women. I, I don't know. I'm not, oh, 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 be careful, be careful. I shouldn't have said that. That's right. Okay, I'm just kidding. No man can tame the tongue. Well, no man can tame the tongue, but God can. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Wow. With it we bless God. Here it is. Blessing. Bless God and the Father. And with it we do what? Curse men who have been what? And actually, see what it says? Made in the similitude of God. It means made in the likeness of God. All the way back to Genesis again. Here we are. <coughs> Notice this. Out of the same mouth... Proceed what? Blessing. Blessing and cursing. Notice the next phrase. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Okay? Let me give you the translation. Stop it. That's what James was saying. Stop it. Stop blessing God and cursing people. Any people. Any people, even the people that are trying to destroy our nation or mess, our, mess with our kids, well, aren't we supposed to curse them? No, the Bible says, bless those who, Jesus, not the Bible, Jesus said, bless those who curse you, do good to those who do evil to you. Why? Because Jesus understands the power of words. And maybe if we start getting our mouth in the right direction, our families, our jobs, our area, our schools, maybe if we start speaking the right words, maybe things would start to turn. In fact, we're going to show you that in just a moment. Now, James gives a very, how, how am I doing on time? Give me a closing here. Ten minutes? Ten minutes, okay. Sorry, guys. I told you you're going to have to go study this. Here we go. All right, <laughs> I'm missing something here. Da, 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 da. Blessing and cursing, death and life. Let me go down here. Oh, okay. I want you to go all the way. What's his name in the back? Marcelo. Let's go all the way to the next verse toward the end, which is James chapter 3, verses 2 through 4. You see that? Okay. Now, this is the beginning. Before James said about this curses and blessings, here's what James said before that. For we, for we who? For we who? Does that mean you? Come on. You can't get healed until you own it. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he, he is, whoa, these are crazy stuff. But does anybody like mind blow? I'm getting, I mean, I know this stuff and my mind's like, he is a perfect man able to do what? Bridle his own body. Now I want you to remember this. We all stumble in many ways. He does not stumble with it. He is a perfect man able to bridle his old body. Look at the next phrase. Let's go to the next phrase. He goes on. We put what? We put bits 
into the mouth of horses so that they will do what? Obey us. Okay? We guide their whole bodies as well. Okay, quick insight, right? You ready for a revelation? How do I control my flesh, pastor? My flesh is just out of control. Get a bit in your mouth. Because if you control your words, he's indicating you can control your flesh. Right? Well, I thought I'm just supposed to like whip myself, you know, and beat myself up and... No, no, no. If you control... Here, here, I didn't say it. James says... We put the bit in the horse's mouth so that we can, it will do what? Obey us, right? And by that, we guide their whole body. I didn't understand the bit in the horse's mouth for a long time until I saw this. All right, look at the next phrase. Okay? Look at the ships. How many have ever been on a cruise? Any cruise people here? No? Yeah? Been on a, anybody been on a ship before? Same three people, okay. I'm just kidding. All right. Look at the ships also. They are, though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder. Wherever the will of the pilot desires. Next phrase. And the tongue. Okay, let's just stop right there. So what he's saying is, your tongue is like the rudder of a ship. Now, Pam and I have been on a a couple of cruises. Not a lot, but a a couple of cruises. And here's these big ships. Now, how many of you remember the Titanic? How many know one of the reasons that the Titanic hit the iceberg? There's two reasons. One, it was going too fast. And number two, they built the rudder too small to make the turn in time to miss the iceberg. They saw the iceberg way ahead and they turned the rudder. But when you're in a big ship, the pilot, that's the captain of the ship, can say, okay, we want to go 130 degrees to the west. Turn 130 degrees to the west. So they turn, and if you're standing there on the boat looking after he's given that command, they have turned the rudder, you know what? Nothing happens. The ship keeps going in the direction it was going. And then slowly, over time, the ship starts to turn. Are you all there? This is your life. Your life is the ship. So whatever direction, and you should figure that out. I want to go God's way. I want to go in the will of the Lord. I want to go to do the things that are pleasing in God's sight. So what I have to do is I have to turn the rudder, the direction that I want my life to go, and I have to keep it there for a long time. Because your life does not turn on a dime. You know, we've tried that. Well, you know, 2024, New Year's resolution, revolutions, whatever it is. Okay, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exercise this year. And, you know, three weeks later, well, I'm going uh, to exercise more. You know, I'm going to try it again. And uh, forget about it, you know. No, because you have to turn the rudder the direction you want your life to go and keep it there for a long time. And I guarantee, and I can testify, Pam and I can testify, when we figured this out and got the rudder going the direction that we wanted our life to go, that over time, our life made major changes. Major, we went from going in our own current to going in the current of God. And God wants that for you. Okay, I'm going to share. Can I do one last revelation? This is about Pastor Jeff. You know, I was concerned about him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, we're going to pull this up. I think I have it here. Let me say, okay, 
Uh, let's go back to Numbers 14, verses 1 and 2. I want you to see how powerful words are. Now, the people of Israel, okay, let me ask you a question. Here's the, this is, now I'm giving you a test. Why did God bring the people of Israel out of Egypt? What was his ultimate purpose? To what? To set them free. Yes, that's one of them. But further on, to go where? To the promised land. Awesome. Come on. So God brought them out of Egypt to bring them into the... God brought you out of your sin to bring you into the promises of God. So God brought them out. Guess what? They didn't make it. Why? Their children made it. Now, I want you to think about this. These are the people that saw the plagues. These are the people that saw the Red Sea part in two. These are the people that saw a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day. These are the people that saw manna come from heaven and fed them. These are the people whose shoes and clothes didn't wear out for 40 years. It's not like some people, you know, well, we don't know if God does anything. Notice this now. So they went to the promised land, sent in 12 spies. They come back with a report. Hey, it's just like God said. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. And here's some of the fruit of it. Da, da, da. Just one thing. There are giants there. And we, listen to their words, look like grasshoppers in their sight. Now, here's what the people did. And all the children complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, notice what they said. If only we had died in the land of Egypt or we had died in this wilderness. Y'all see that? All right, let's go to the next slide. By the way, let me just give one more. Numbers 13.30, it says, And Caleb, Caleb quieted the people and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. By the way, out of all the people that came out of Egypt, only two people got into the promised land. And that was Caleb and Joshua. Now, look at this here. Here's God speaking to the people. Say to them, as I, what, live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, hello, so I will do to you. You see that they talked themselves out of the promised land? Holy cow. You can talk yourself out of the promises of God. All right. I want to end by leading you in a confession. And pastor is going to give you all these notes, which they're only $70 a set. I'm just kidding. Let's go to the confession, the last part. Has anybody, has any lights turned on for anybody? I mean, it's like, or is this just a refresher? Oh, I, I knew all this stuff. All right. Here's what I want us. We're going to say this out loud together. This is going to be our altar call this morning. Okay? Can you all read that even from the back? Can you guys see that far? All right. Cool. All right. Here's, here it goes. On the count of three. Well, yeah. Let's, let's read it out loud. One, two, three. I understand that my words release power. I understand that they have power to release death and life. I also understand that my words can build people up or tear them down. I also understand that my words are setting the course of my life and even have the power to bring my flesh under control. Next slide. Today, I choose to speak words of life over myself, 
my spouse, my marriage, my family, and my future. Lord, I ask you to set a guard over my mouth and keep watch over the door of my lips according to Psalms 141 verse 3. I choose to speak blessing and not curses over others, even over those who hurt and speak evil toward me. Thank you for showing me the truth about my words. Holy Spirit, help me to always speak in agreement with what the Word of God says about me. One more. We're going to quote this scripture. One more slide. Okay, right there. Let's read that. Let the of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God. All right, let's stand up. Let's stand up. All right, if maybe you felt like, oh boy, man, whew, ah, man, I got a whole lot of words out there. <laughs> I got to reel those back in. What am I going to do? No, don't worry about that. Forgive yourself. Just say, hey, I can change the course of my ship right now from this day forward. 2024 can become a different year because I'm going to set the rudder of my life in God's direction. Okay? So let me, let me just break off any, con there's no condemn. I'm not here to condemn you. I hope you understand that. I'm not here to judge you, condemn you. I'm, I got to work on this all the time. I'm going to be very careful to watch what I'm saying. Because by the way, when symptoms come, you know, we can actually talk ourselves into the flu. Oh, it's flu season. Should be coming any day now. I'm just, you know, knock at the door. Who is it? Flu. Oh yeah, I've been waiting for you. Come on in. We can talk ourselves into worse conditions when the symptoms come or the situations. Oh, it looks like the marriage is going bad. I just know it's just a, oh, I just hear the word divorce, 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 divorce. No, how about saying, no, I'm going to bless my marriage. Amen. I'm going to speak good over our marriage. I'm going to, I'm going to, you can, all right, you can begin to, doesn't mean everything's going to work out, but I'll tell you a whole lot more is going to work out that would have not have worked out if you change the course of your words. So let me pray for you right now. Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ. We thank you that salvation and the gospel is all about words, that if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead we will be saved God we thank you help us to never forget ever ever again the power of our words help us to guard our heart and guard our mouth and to put it in the direction that you want it to go I pray that in Jesus name Amen. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.